What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's well. So, Francis is no longer a free agent. Make sure you listen to the whole episode to hear all about it. The UFC just announced the Salt Lake City card. So now, okay, so now UFC 291 is also in July. That means 292 will be in August, 293 in September, 294 in October, 295 in November, 296 in December, 297 in January, 298 in February. So are you going to tell me that I should reach out to the UFC and ask them? Because I would assume they would do UFC 300 in July, but not in like April or May. Unless they're going to stack the fuck out of that card. Because I also heard they're going to stack the fuck out of that August card, which will, I guess, be 292 at this point. Crazy, man. Crazy. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Push them out official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. back to the punch of the mouth podcast i'm adrian your host as always um there's a lot to get to at this point you got francis Ngannou announcing his signing with the pfl what i find very interesting about all this is that he doesn't call it a signing he calls it a partnership that's very interesting because we're gonna get through all the things that the pfl have offered him and he accepted we're gonna get to ufc 291 that i got the press release for today if you haven't heard who's on it i will tell you that in a moment and we will go through it in great detail in a second uh, we're gonna go through the fights that happened this past weekend what's next for each of the fighters so let's get to it first and foremost ufc 291 will return to salt lake city in late july july 29th the main event will feature Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier for the vacant baddest motherfucker belt. Then, in the co-main, you got Jan Blakowicz versus the debuting Alex Pereira. He's actually fighting really fast. That actually kind of worries me. Then, we're going to see what why they did this. I'm going to tell you, you want to know why they did this? You want to know why they did this? I'll tell you right now. They did this because... Francis Ngannou got one over over on everybody. He said, I'm the man and I'm going to show you why I'm the man. Francis Ngannou is the fucking man. Okay? Don't tell me otherwise because I'm going to say, don't talk to me. He's the man. He's laughing at all of us. At all of us, okay? He's laughing at all of us because that's the things he does, man. He's laughing at all of us, which I'm with, you know? I'm with it because he's the freaking man. So we shall see what happens. So let's get into these fights first. How about that? Let's get into these fights. And then we'll talk about Francis and the UFC. We'll even talk about Bellator. I forgot about that. Let's talk about Bellator 2 at some point. We'll talk about all that. So let's let's get into it. Man. So this past weekend, there was two major MMA events. Bellator and the UFC, and I'm gonna, before before we really get into that, I'm gonna say this, we're all, I believe if this partnership works, which I'm rooting for it to work, 
everybody's gonna have egg on their face including me but that was only because of the information i was presented with i'm gonna try to talk to francis and manager next week i already messaged him today he's like we could set something up for next week i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get it on video or if it's just gonna be a private conversation between he and i but i'm gonna try to get that to happen i'm gonna ask a bunch of questions <laughs> like the funny part is i don't believe chatri at this point anymore i don't believe him because I heard the rumors, if you watched Ariel's interview with Francis today, being Tuesday, I don't believe Chatri anymore. Because I've also heard stories about that guy. I can't tell you if they're true or not because I've never met him. But based off of what Francis said, I'm inclined to believe some of it is true. I'm inclined to believe that. Hold on, give me one sec. But let's get into these fights. And another thing, Chachi said the only way he'll do cross promotions is with the UFC. The UFC will destroy your fighters, first of all. You want me to tell you why? Because they're not going to play by your rules. They're not going to do the 10-pound hydration clause or water solutes or whatever it's called. They're going to say, okay, you want Demetrius to fight at 125 or 135. And I guarantee you they're they're not going to play by that rule. Because if they do, they're just going to send one of their best bantamweights to beat them. I'm telling you, like I did my last episode, this is no disrespect to Demetrius, but I can see it. There's a reason he didn't want to go up to 135 when he was in the UFC. I saw it there with his fight with Adriano Moraes. There's no disrespect to DJ whatsoever, bro. Well, I want that to be very clear. No disrespect to DJ. It's just my opinion. But let's get into these fights, man. I've been rambling too much nowadays. I think I have it. Where do I have it? Jolton Almeida defeats Rosinha Rosenstrike submission rear naked choke at 343 of the first round. Johnny Walker defeats Anthony Smith by unanimous decision. Ian Gary defeats Danny Rodriguez by TKO head kick. Carlos Omberg defeats Io Poturia by TKO punches. Alex Morno defeats Tim Means by guillotine. This Alex Morno guy is no joke. Matt Brown defeats Cormagee by KO punch. That was gross. I'll tell you that much. That one was gross. And then Andy Bohim defeats Kim Ji Zion by technical decision split. That fight was a mess, bro. Oh my god. That fight was a mess. Right here it says Kim was deducted a point after round two due to striking Bohim after the bell. She was deducted a point in round three after an illegal knee to a grounded opponent which rendered Bohem unable to continue. That fight was a mess. So they have cut Kim. So we'll see what's next for her. The guy I'm hyped on right now is Ian Gary. I told everybody, I'm like, this guy is the, this guy is everything he says he is. He's not cocky. He's not this. He's everything he says he is. The future. And the difference between him and Connor is he fights at a, well, now it's called Kill Cliff FC, I think, which used to be called, <laughs> um, Sanford MMA, but now it's called Kill Cliff FC. I wonder why they keep, is it, is it that they get new sponsors and they have to change it? They have that same curse like that amphitheater in San Diego has right there in Chula Vista. For the longest, it was called the Coors Amphitheater, and then they could change it to Cricket. And then it was Sleep Train for a little bit. Now it's something else. What is it now? Probably some different name. Let's see. Now it's called the North Island Credit Union Amphitheater. But I don't like how they changed the seating because before, like, if you bought the closest ADA seats, you would be right behind the pit. But now they, they blocked it off and they put chairs. I'm like, that's lame. 
like the ah uh, well not really because even if they stand up it's still kind of raised let me see yeah but i still think it was better the way it was before you know in my opinion yeah but th those seats are cool i've been there a few times but that was the only my only point of bringing this up i'm sorry let's get back to the fight uh let me look at the rankings about to wait right you know what's funny about this is ian gary got the number 15 tattooed on him because that's the rank danny rodriguez was so he thought he's like oh i'll just take his spot but now he's number 13 but i don't think it was because he was gonna be number 15 i think i just think it was because he beat the number 15 guy so people making fun of him on the internet being like oh this guy's an idiot he's number 13 he got the number 15 tattooed on him i think it's more like, this was my first win against a ranked opponent, so I'm going to get this tattooed on me. And I believe it was even in Danny Rodriguez's writing. And he's called out Neil Magny. Does Neil Magny have a fight lined up? That I know of, but we're going to find out right now. He wants to fight Neil Magny. I'm with it, you know. I'm with it. You know, Neil Magny is the only guy on the Shane Carwin versus Roy Nelson reason that's still in the UFC because that's the quote-unquote worst season ever it's so bad that the winner of that season never won a fight in the UFC that's how bad that season was look let's read about I want to read about it now but this has to be the worst season ever it's so bad that because usually the fight the fighters make it to the the UFC no matter what because um they're they're good fighters but and it was so bad that at the end of the season, Dana White told the fighters, like, not all of you are going to make it into the UFC because he's basically telling them how much they suck. I was like, eesh, that's harsh. That's rough. Ooh, look at, look at, look at this main card for this ultimate finale. Dustin Poirier defeats Jonathan Brooks at featherweight. Pat Berry defeats Shane Del Rosario. Rest in peace, Shane. Colton Smith, who this was the ultimate finale, defeated Mike Ricci. And this guy was supposedly Roy McDonald's best friend. Roy Nelson defeats Matt Mitrion. This is Mike Ricci. Yeah, let me see what it tells me about him. I mean, he did well for a while. And I guess he retired after leaving the UFC. He fought, um, he fought in Titan FC for two fights. He won both those fights. And then he went to World Series of Fighting, which is now the PFL. He won one fight and lost the other fight and hasn't fought since June 17th of 2016. See what it tells me about Colton Smith. This is <laughs> Smith made his official UFC debut on December 15, 2012. The Ultimate Fighting, the Ultimate Fighter Team Carwin versus Team Nelson Finale against Mike Ricci. Smith won the fight via unanimous decision to become the Ultimate Fighter 16 winner. Smith faced Robert Whitaker. E. Ruff. A UFC 160. He lost the fight by TKO in the third round. Smith next faced Michael Chiesa in a lightweight. Dude, I guess because they were coming up at the same time. Michael Chiesa in a lightweight bout on November 6, 2013. A UFC fight night 31. He was defeated via rear naked choke in the second round. Smith faced newcomer Carlos Diego Ferreira on June, 20, June 28, 2014. He lost via modified rear naked choke and was released shortly after. Eight months after his last UFC fight, Smith returned to compete in the local circuit where he picked up two victories in the Rocks Extreme MMA promotion. And then he went to World Series of Fighting again, now known as PFL. On August 20th, 2015, it was announced Smith signed with World Series of Fighting where he made his eventual debut in October. 
2015. And he actually won the fight against Washington De Silva. He won via unanimous decision. On July 22nd, Fulton Smith competed in a no-gi super fight against Carlos Diego Ferreira at the American Grappling Federation Southern Regionals. Ferreira won the match by point. Yeah, man. So, dude, no wonder my bo- they gave my boy three killers. And he, he has a military background, you know. That was, that's great. But that dude, they gave him killers. They gave him Robert Whittaker and Michael Chiesa. Sheesh. And, of course, Shane Carwin versus Roy, Roy Nelson didn't never happen because Shane hurt his knee, and I believe that what made him retire. It says on July 2016, Carwin announced his plan to return to MMA five years since he last competed. On September 7th, 2016, Carwin announced that he had worked with his management at Ingrain Media to secure a release from the UFC and became a free agent. On October 28, 2016, Carwin announced he signed with Ryzen Fighting Federation. He stated that he expected to debut on December 29th, 2016, but later withdrew with injury. In late 2017, Carwin was in negotiations with Bellator MMA, but nothing came to fruition despite his injuries being rehabilitated. I mean, some guys are injury problems, man. That sucks. Because Shane Carwin, he could have been the man, but... Because he was beating the brakes off of Brock Lesnar. I know nobody wants to hear that, but he was. He was beating the brakes off of him. But yeah, Neil Magny, he has a fight coming up. June 24th against Philip Rowe. There's the Emmett versus Taporia fight. I wonder if that fight's gonna be on early because I've noticed all the ABC fights, they're on in the afternoon. I don't know if that's just part of the deal and that's the deal they made that they all have to be in the afternoon and that's why the Rosen Your Rosenstrike Jolton Almeida fight was in the afternoon. I don't know. But that's who Ian Gary wants to fight next. So we'll probably get that in the fall at some point. Johnny Walker versus Anthony Smith. I mean, the fight played out how I thought it would. Johnny Walker, like I'm telling you guys, he's the guy we all thought he was. It just took him a while to get there. I mean, because think about it. In his early career, he was basically a nomad training anywhere and everywhere. Like, he didn't have a set coach. And then he hooked up with um, Rasa Hobby for a little bit. But the fit wasn't working for him for because of his personal life. He wanted to be closer to his girlfriend. So he ended up going to Ireland. He trained with John Kavanaugh for a little bit. And then they finally meshed together. I mean, like, dude, they're they're such good friends that John Kavanaugh says that either he was Johnny's best man or Johnny was, I think it was he was Johnny's best man at the wedding because Johnny recently got married. So Johnny Walker is the guy we all thought he was. It just took him a while to get there. I mean, let's look at these freaking rankings. Johnny Walker's number six. Oh, no, he's number five. So here's the thing. Here's what should happen. And people aren't going to like this. Have him fight Nikita Krylov again. I know Nikita Krylov beat him, right? But have him do it again. Nikita Krylov's on a tear, man. That guy's on a tear. Like his last three fights. He beat Ryan Span. He beat um, Volkan Ozdemir. And then he beat Gustafsson. That guy's on a tear. And yeah, he did beat, he beat Johnny Walker on March 14, 2020. His last loss was to Akilayev. That's not bad either. And it's not like Akilai. It was a unanimous decision, but it doesn't matter. Like, that's my point. Like, it's not like he got smoked. And what's more, he beat the guy that beat the world champion last in his game of a submission. That's crazy. That's nuts. So I would have Johnny Walker fight Nikita Krylov next. Even though Nikita Krylov would probably be angling a fight with Alexander Rakic. For Anthony Smith, I don't know, man. Ooh, 
my bad. Hope you guys didn't hear that. If you did, I apologize. Anthony looked like he wanted to retire. They just didn't give him the chance. It looked like he took the gloves off. I don't know, man. They're saying he will fight again, but who knows, man. He's the only one that knows. And that's supposedly that he said something weird to Johnny in the cage that you're trying to take everything away from my family. Guys, he was probably trying to pump himself up. Leave him alone. He's trying to pump himself up. Probably felt he was losing the fight. He had to say something. Pump himself up. Leave him alone. Stop looking into things so much. Stop it. Jolton Almeida versus Rosinho Rosenstrike. I mean, this guy's a problem, bro. I mean, th like, these guys are coming up so fast. Like, he's he's another one. We all thought, and Tom Aspinall's another one, bro. I mean, let's look at the heavyweight division. Let's look at it. Did I take off the U? Oh, no, I didn't. It's right here. Let's look at this. We got Ciro Gan, Sergey Pavlovich, Stipe Miocic, Curtis Blades, Tom Aspinall, Taitui Basa, Sergey Spivak, Alexander Volkov, and Jalen Almeida. Or Jolton Almeida, not Jalen. Marcin Tabura is fighting Tom Aspinall on the July 22nd card. That's number 10 versus number 5. Jolton just fought. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him Almeida. I mean, Spivak, Volkov, or Tuivasa. I believe he called out Tuivasa. Sergey Pavlovich just murked. Curtis Blades. Dipe Miocic is going to fight John Jones, in which I believe will be their last fights because I still believe the dream with Francis is alive. It just involves ESPN to get involved, and I don't know if ESPN wants to do that. Because, again, I don't want to get too much into why I think the dreams with Tyson Fury and John Jones are still alive, but they both involve ESPN, and I'll explain it later. So I just said Pavlovich smoked Blades, right? And Stipe and Jones, they're probably, when they fight each other, it'll probably be the last time they both fight. According to Jones, because he said the only way he fights again is if it's against Francis. And another thing is, Francis isn't fighting in MMA until next year. I don't know if Jones is willing to stick around that long. And at this point, it doesn't even need to be for the belt. You guys are the champion. Francis is the lineal heavyweight champion. Don't tell me otherwise, because nobody beat him, okay? Nobody beat him. Of course, they had to strip him because he's no longer in, in the in the organization but nobody beat him so don't give me that john jones if john jones wins i will also consider him champion like it could get to the point where you don't even need the belt it's such a good fight we just want to see the fight you both are the best in my eyes like calling stipe the greatest heavyweight of all time they say that because he has the most defenses at heavyweight right but i mean Fr francis disposed of him so to me the two best heavyweights walking the planet mma wise are Francis Ngannou, Le Predator, and Johnny Bones Jones, aka the two best fighters in the world right now, MMA-wise, because they smoke all the other divisions. Oh, sorry about that. My stomach is not cooperating. They smoked all the other divisions. I mean, they would smoke all the other divisions, right? Unless, unless Alex Pereira comes. And it's close. He's going to fight Jan Brakowitz. <laughs> it's close, man. It's close. But yeah, there's that. So, here's what I would do. Since Tom Aspinall's fighting... Uh, Marching Tabura, you give Jolton Almeida either Sergey Spivak, Alexander Volkov, or Tai Tuibasa. A Tai will take the fight, but I don't think it's a good fight for Tai. And then you let this John Jones, Stipe Miocic fight play out. If Jones says, okay, I'm done, you strip him. Like if the winner says, okay, I'm done, you strip the winner. You make Cyril Gan versus Sergey Spivak. Oh, no, not Spivak, Pavlovich for the vacant heavyweight belt. They're not going to want to do that, right? But I bet you that's what will happen. That's what will happen because that's that. That's where the pieces are lining up. 
So look, I'm gonna give you the breakdown. Marchand versus Aspinall already set in stone, July 22nd, unless somebody gets hurt. Jolton, I gave you three of his opponents, either Sergei Spivak, Alexander Volkov, or Taito Ibasa at some point later in the year. Curtis Blades, he needs to take time off. Stipe and John are gonna fight probably at the end of the year. So you have Sergei Pavlovich. I wouldn't give him Cyril just yet. I would have all these other guys because he's the one that's standing out the most because Cyril just lost. Unless they tell him, all right, dude. Or you can also do this. And people aren't going to like this because they already did it. You can make Cyril gone versus Pavlovich for the vacant. I mean, not the vacant, the interim belt. And then have Stipe and Jones fight. And then if those that's the end, you just instate the winner of Cyril and pa- Pavlovich as the champion. I mean, that's the only way, even though people are going to like that. Unless you can also do this, you can, because they're betting a lot of chips on Aspinall. You can wait and see if Aspinall beats Tabura, and then you can place both Aspinall and Pavlovich on the November card, have them fight. So you can, it's because it depends on, because Pavlovich and Aspinall are the two that are standing out right now. Because if Aspinall wins on July 22nd, you can have Ciro Gan fight Pavlovich in September in France, because I believe they're going back there. And then if Pavlovich wins, you can have him and Espinal fight in November or December to set up the next number one contender. In my opinion, right? I mean, that's a lot of moving pieces, but that's what I would do. I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know if that's a bad idea, but that's what I would do, you know. But that's me. What are you doing on time? I feel like I've been talking for even half of this stuff. Oh, we're good. It's going to be a long show today, bro. I hope you guys are okay with that. I rambled a little too much earlier. We're good. Let's move on to this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Bellator, 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 Bellator. I love you. Bellator 296. Fabian Edwards defeated Gegard Musasi. Brett Primus defeats Mansoor Bananui. Douglas Lima defeats Castello Van Dennis. Kabut Gucci defeats Kane Musash. That was the main card. Denise Kiehos defeats Paula Christina. Okay, I want to talk about Douglas Lima. Versus Castello Van Dennis. Dennis. He made his middleweight debut, right? He looked good. He won. How old is Douglas? I want to say Douglas is about 36, 37, 35. Man, I don't know, man. Douglas has been fighting for a while. I mean, he's not the same fighter I used to watch and believe, like, oh, this guy would be a problem. He's not that to me anymore. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to disrespect Douglas Lima because he's one of my favorite fighters outside of the UFC. He really is. But let's see when he made his debut. He's been fighting since 2006, nearly. So about 17 years, because we're in 2023. According to this, he made his debut in July of 14, 2006. That's his pro debut, right? I don't even know if he had an uh, amateur career or anything like that. When did he start fighting for Bellator? 18 and 4 when he first fought Steve Carell. So he's been fighting for Bellator since Bellator 49. Like him and Pitbull are, are like the two pioneers of Bellator. Like he, they've been in it since the tournament format and they never left. And like with Douglas, like they're saying it was a weight issue, but I don't know, man. I can't see him beating Johnny Eblin, you know. I can't see him beating Fabian Edwards. As much as I love Douglas, I just can't see it. So we'll see where it goes for him next. I hope he proves me wrong. First of all, I want to make something very clear. I'm not hating on Douglas. I'm just saying I can't see it. I can't see it. Because I love Douglas Lima very much. Brett Primus versus Mansoor Balanoi. Dude, what a fight. You know you know what's sad? That should be considered for fight of the year, but nobody's going to consider it because why? Because why? Tell me why. Tell me why. 
I'll tell you why. You want me to tell you why? Because it's not in the UFC. And like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's the guy that talks a lot of shit in Bellator? <laughs> What's his name? He just fought too. Danny Sabatello. Danny Sabatello. He's like, <laughs> these are his words, but I agree with them. He's like, he goes, he's like, yeah, you just got a lot of UFC sluts out there that don't watch anything but the UFC. <laughs> I was like, ooh. And like I said before, like I said before, there, there's talent, right? There's talent everywhere. But the problem is they get to the UFC too late. And because the UFC, they have a very good feed organization, they'll feed them young lions. And it's not what it was. Like, there's Phil Brooks out there. Phil Brooks is the fucking man. I want to see him fight and get one more shot in the UFC. Dana, make it happen, please. Please, Dana. Give him one more shot in the UFC. Do the third fight with him and Chandler. It's going to be awesome. Can we please see it, Dana? Please. Please, Dana. But yeah, there's, there's good talent outside the UFC. And I will always stay. I will pick. First of all, when I did the, the comparisons uh, of the of the champions Bellator with UFC, I always say I picked more UFC champions than Bellator champions because I acted like Yuri was still champion because in my eyes, Yuri still is champion. So if I remember correctly, I went John Jones Bader, John Jones all day. Yuri Prohaska, Vadim Nenkov, Yuri Prohaska. Now, if it's Jamal Hill versus Vadim Nenkov, it's a different story. I would go with Vadim Nenkov. Um, let me see, middleweights. Johnny Eblen versus Israel Adesanya. If Johnny Eblen could get on the inside and take him down, pick Johnny Eblen all day. But if Israel could keep him at distance and piece him up on the feet, you pick Israel Adesanya. That one's a toss-up. Welterweight. Who's the welterweight? Leon Edwards versus Yamoslav Agoslav? Yamoslav. Yamoslav all day. Because I believe his relentless pace and pressure is going to eventually get Edwards down and tired. Lightweight. This fight will never happen, but Usman Nurmagomedov versus Islam Mahashev? I'm going with Usman. Usman has better stand-up than him, and their wrestling is on par. I believe Usman's even better than Khabib, okay? I mean, his brother's proving it. Umar, like, that guy's the best. Nobody's talking about that guy because nobody wants to fight him, okay? I believe him and him and Marab, they fight. Umar is going to beat him. I can be very wrong, but that's why I want to see these fights. Because I want to know if my opinion is right. And as it stands right now, on May 16th at 7.12 p.m., I believe Umar Nurmagomedov is the uncrowned bantamweight or featherweight holder. I don't know where he's fighting because he jumps between both. So going back to Usman and Islam, I believe Usman smokes him. That fight's never going to happen, right? But I believe Usman would smoke him. Featherweight, Patricio Pitbull versus Volkanovski. You go with Volkanovski. That guy's the best fighter in the world. I mean, in my eyes, he beat Islam. But then again, in my eyes, Usman Nurmagomedov would beat Volkanovski. That guy's the best. I just said Volkanovski is the best fighter. I backtracked. Usman Nurmagomedov is the best fighter in the world right now. In my opinion. In all of MMA. Bantamweight, Sergio Perez, Aljamain Sterling. You go with Aljamain. So Aljamain, Volkanovski. That's two for the UFC. Usman, uh, Yago Moslav. And I'm going to go with Johnny Ablin. That's 3-2 for Bellator. And then light heavyweights. Depending on who, if it's Yuri, I'll go with Yuri. But if it's Jamal, I'll go with Vadim Nenkov. But let's say Yuri. So that's 4-3. So I gave it 5-3 UFC. So I don't know why people are saying that I would pick Bellator fighters over UFC fighters. 
I pick certain guys for sure. For sure, I would pick certain guys. And that might I might pick Vadim Nenkov, whether it be Yuri or Jamal, depending on how he does against Joel Romero. Because the thing we need to realize is that if Joel uses wrestling, he could be in trouble. Because I believe Vadim Nenkov will piece this guy up on the feet as much as I love Joel. Because I really do. I love that guy. But let's be real. Vadim goes in there, pieces him up. That who has the fought statement, don't, don't come at me. Do I wish he could, the UFC and Bellator could figure it out? They could fight one another? Yes. But here's an interesting thing I found out today that has been going around for a while. And I'll try to get more information on this, but I don't know who it is. Since May 2nd, where the hell have I been for the last three days? See, this is my bloody elbow. See, it says earlier this week, a major stir was created amongst MMA fans when podcasters, when a podcaster reported that the professional fighting league would not be only acquiring Bellator MMA, but were in fact already in the process of finalizing the deal. This news was met with a great deal of skepticism from fans and other members of the media, myself included, but after speaking on conditions of anonymity to several individuals from both companies who are in the position to know about any such transactions, I've been informed that PFL is indeed in discussions to purchase the rival promotion, in discussions being the key phrase. The Todd and King's show was the first to report the news that the PFL was on the verge of buying Bellator and that it was close to a done deal. Further, those I spoke to, this is a premature, this is premature. I've been told that PFL is but one of only several potential buyers and the deal is not eminent with any of them. It's also very possible that instead of selling the promotion, Bellator's parent company, Paramount Global, instead of looking for a partner to purchase a share of the promotion from them. Okay, let's say this is true. If Bellator does this, everything is on the table. Everything is on the table because I have heard that Bellator was in the market for months. But even if the UFC buys it, can you imagine that? I wish the UFC would think they bought Strike Force, but I don't know if they have enough. Well, they have Disney money, bro. And you have guys like me. Can you imagine them announcing Patricio Pitbull, AJ McKee in the UFC? I would promote the shit out of that, bro. But either way, if... And it says, earlier this year, Ariel Hawani reported on the MMA Hour rumors that Bellator was on the market. The Wrestling Observer added further details a few weeks ago that the companies have been rumored to be in talks about Bellator are all companies that are interested in buying. WWE, the entire rumor to be interested in the WWE, were mostly large companies like Liberty Media, Comcast, Amazon, and of course Endeavor, who ended up striking a deal to merge the WWE and UFC together in a new company. With the UFC's current antitrust lawsuit waiting to be certified for a class action and the FTC and DOJ talking, taking much stronger positions with regards to the horizontal, mer- horizontal mergers, we can probably write off Endeavor or future UFC slash WWE companies as one of the potential su- suitors. As the other possibilities, I was not giving any names of any potential buyers and investors outside of PFL but was told they include financial institution and Gulf State Storaging Fund. The valuation for Bellator is apparently set for several hundred million dollars. This is, like, let's say, let's just say PFL buys them. They're, they're number two. They're number two because they're going to have, you can make a bunch of super fights, especially with that pay-per-view model, the super fight division that Francis is going to be a part of. You can make a bunch of fights with that why did i start rambling about this oh because of bellator 296 so we gotta wait and see man because i know they're gonna have a fight in september because brett primis defeats oh so let me let, let me 
So Brett Prim is it versus Mansoor Baranoi. Crazy fight. One of my candidates for fight of the year it was back and forth. And then ultimately in the end, Brett Primus edged him out. So now Brett Primus, you know what his prize is? You fight Usman Nurmagomedov. God dang it, bro. How could that be a prize? And my other my other problem with Bellator right now is they still haven't announced AJ McKee versus Patricky Pitbull. Like, what are you guys doing? Why haven't you announced this fight? And you already have one of the semifinals fights set. Why hasn't this other fight been announced? Are you going to announce it for the September event? No? Then when? Is there going to be a, an event sooner in July that nobody knows about? Who knows? A.B. and Edwards versus Gegard Musasi again. My boy Gegard, he's 37, but he looked old, man. He looked old, and Fabian Edwards just edged him out. Congratulations to Fabian. He now fights Johnny Eblen on September 20-something. I wonder if it'll tell me right here if I click on it. September 23rd. So there's the... <laughs> Sorry about that. So they got fights until the end of the year, bro. So let's see what happens. It should be good. So I'm excited for the September event. Let's see what they got. So they got June coming up. They got... Pretty, I hope there's a fight in July and August. And that's where Patricky and AJ are going to fight. Because that's not fair to Alexander Shabli. Like Usman and Primus. They already know they're going to fight each other. That's not fair to Shabli. Let's talk about the fights this upcoming weekend. Dude, no, where are my other fights? So up, this upcoming weekend, Mackenzie Dern will fight Angela Hill. Of course, this was supposed to be the card where Irena Aldana was supposed to fight. Uh, What's her name? Rocky Hill Pennington. But then Juliana Pena got hurt. So they gave it to Irena and uh, Rocky's going to be the backup fighter. Edmund Shabazian will fight Anthony Hernandez. That's a crazy fight. Emily Ducote will fight Lupita Goldines. Andre Fialojo will fight Joaquin Buckley. I believe this is Buckley's welterweight debut. Carlos Diego Fierro, Fierro will fight Michael Johnson. Carolina Kovalevich will fight Vanessa Demopoulos. The Yerla TV will fight Rodrigo Nascimento. Chase Hooper is going up to going down the lightweight. Trying Nick Fierro again. Another card that you like to. Why are they doing this? But they're doing it, bro. Of course, again, this was supposed to be where Irene was gonna fight. Raquel Pennington, but because of what happened to Juliana Pena, they took both those fighters. They put Irene in the fight. If Irene gets hurt, it'll be Raquel Pennington as the backup fighter. Again, I like the backup spot. I don't know why Ariel hates on it so much, but I like it. I like it a lot. But I got Mackenzie in this one. I like her jujitsu in this fight. Edmund Shabazian, he switched camps, but I don't know. I'm not sold on him. Anthony Hernandez is a good fighter. Lupita Goldines is, is also a great fighter. She just won. She uh, fought on the Miami card. So, good fight. Carolina Kovalevich, another one. I'm excited to see her fight. She's, like, invigorated herself. Can't wait, man. Cannot wait. Oh, okay. So, Lupita is a late replacement because Pollyanna Rihanna was supposed to be on the card, but she withdrew. That's why it's a catchweight fight. Okay, cool. Grand. Wonderful. So if you watched the Ariel's interview with Francis today, said a lot of good stuff. First and foremost, we're all going to have eggs on our face. If this deal is everything they say it is, we are all going to have egg on our face because everybody was like, Francis should have just stayed in the... I will have egg on my face for very different reasons. But that was only because of the information I was presented with. 
So remember, Chachi goes on to say he wanted a seat on the board of directors. I'm like, I'm not with that. Like, how could he ask for that? But then Francis comes out today and says, it's like, dude, I never wanted that. PFL offered that to me, but that's something I never wanted. So it says Francis Ngannou has a new home and has some choice words for promoters who feels he feels talking out of turn about who he feels is are talking out of turn about him. On Tuesday, news broke that Ngannou's highly publicized MMA free agency had come to an end. The former UFC Heavyweight champion signed with PFL. The signing comes after a couple of high-profile promoters have already publicly withdrawn themselves from the Ngannou sweepstakes. But according to the Predator, that's not at all how things went down. So for instance, in April, BKFC president David Feldman said that Ngannou was asking for unrealistic money. But Ngannou says neither he nor his team even spoke with BKFC. Like at that point, is I'm inclined to believe Francis because. The, what the promoters are doing, they're trying to devaluetize him. But I believe, Fran, like, why does Francis have to lie in this? Like, what, what does Francis gain from lying? He's like, I never spoke to the guy. Like, it sounds like he's being genuine. I just think that he assumed I'm too expensive, obviously, because he had to take a loan out on his house to put on a show. I think he assumed that the loan couldn't pay me because I never spoke to him. My team never spoke to him and got to Tolerio Hawani. When I saw his comment, I was like, where's this guy coming from? Then I checked my phone. I called my team like, did somebody talk to this guy that I'm not aware of? And everyone was like, no, we haven't talked to, with this guy. So I don't know where, he's, where he came from. That's why I didn't talk about it. This guy is just a joke. E Francis come in with that heat. And he goes, at some point he was promoting a show, his event. He's going to do anything to get a little bit of PR here and there. Anything he could do. But I never talked to that guy. We never asked him anything, and he never reached out. Not to say we were, we were, not to say we were interested. We weren't, but he never reached out, so he didn't know if we were interested. That's why I say some promoters out there two-faced crazy stuff. And it goes on to say Fieldman wasn't the only promoter to draw in Ganu's eerie. Earlier this month, one championship chairman, Chatri Sitrotong, said that his promotion. Ultimately, decided not to submit a final offer to Ngannou due to lack of alignment on non-financial matters. But again, Ngannou says that's not how things actually happened, insisting that his meeting with one championship came after he had already decided he was going to be moving forward with PFL. This is Francisco. I think Chachi was just performing, Ngannou said. I told him and Matt Hume that I got the best offer PF PFL and I don't think I'm going to do any negotiation with you guys. That was like back six weeks before that. And he was like, oh, I can fly you to Singapore. I can fly to Cameroon. I got this. He was all in. I was like, this is too much. I don't know how to handle this. How are you guys going to fly to Cameroon? What for? I just told the guy the situation and he kept pushing. Then I sent it to my team. I can't handle this pressure from Chachi. Then he kept pushing, kept pushing. So I have to see him for respect. We had a talk. I respect the guy. Matter of fact, I love Chachi before this. I was like, this guy, I like his story. Now I even question if this story is true, but I used to love that story. <laughs> Damn, Francis with the heat. So he's saying, and I have heard rumors about Chatri, so again, I'm inclined. I don't know Chatri. I would love to meet him, but I'm inclined to agree with Francis here because I have heard stories about Chatri. So we met in LA, and I was just up front before anything started. Listen, this is the thing. I have told you this. I'm favoring PFL right now. He was like, why did you get me here? I'm like, listen, first of all, I respect you. And if I sign with PFL someday, 
comes that you say, I want to meet you, Francis. You didn't say that. You want to meet me on business. You were with my team talking business and they said to you, and you said you wanted to meet me. So it sounds like it's not business anymore, right? So then he started to show me all the stuff, screenshots. I think he showed me 13 screenshots, all these statistics, how 1FC is the second most viewed sport. He has more views on YouTube than Premier League, than NFL, than NBA. And God to continue. He has a lot of those. I'm like, hold on a minute. Anyway, that was the whole meeting. At some point, I was like, okay, it's good. I respect the guy, and I took the meeting. I don't want to be rude, but I'm just coming out of an 11-hour flight, and I had another flight to get back home. I thought it would be like a one-hour meeting, and I find myself two over two hours later. I have to drink three, four cups of coffee. Listen to all those statistics. How one FC is in Asia. Asia is 4.6 billion people. They're going to do this. They show me how one FC is going to explode. And I'm like, Nelson Mandelia, bro. It was a hell of a performance. I applaud Chachi for his performance. And then it goes on to say the performance didn't end there. Blah, blah, blah. The performance fell on deaf ears. And Ganu says the promoter then asked that what he could do to change his mind. And that's when Ganu believed Chuchang finally got the picture shortly afterwards. That's when Citrotong made the statement that irked the baddest man on the planet a little bit. Even if it was still a better situation than the one with Fieldman. I was respectful. I was respectful. You have a guy you admire and was talking even though we weren't in. You were listening and God said, I was listening. I gave the time. We talked nice. Then the next day, Andrew sent me a screenshot of one FC decided to withdraw their offer. I'm like, which offer are you talking about? The offer wasn't even taken into consideration. You can't withdraw an offer. That wasn't taken, not financially related. I didn't feel the energy, really. You sit there and you speak for three hours and you didn't feel the energy. You could have cut that meeting any time. So basically, he's calling Chatri on his bullshit. And they had said that Francis already has a deal in place. I had reached out to his manager before. He's like, dude, I can't tell you anything. But I had our, like, once I saw that, I'm like, okay, he's going to PFL. Because Bellator was the only one that never said anything. But then again, Bellator, if they are going to get sold, like, why would they commit to something like that? Like, look, they're, they have, we're going to hear something, I believe, late in late 2023, early 2024 regarding this. Whether it's a partnership or a full-on sale. If it's a full-on sale and PFL acquires them, you're going to get a lot of super Because PFL's got guys. And now, okay, we went through all of that. One thing the promotion did say is he's not fighting for PFL until 2024. What, what people are losing inside are, they think that's when his next fight is going to be. It's not when his next fight is going to be. I guarantee you he's going to fight in 2023, but in boxing. And again, ESPN comes into play. We all talked about Showtime. We all talked about this. We all talked about that. But who does ESPN have boxing-wise? Who? I'll wait. Give you guys five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Let's say it together. Top-ranked boxing. Who's in top-ranked boxing? Uh, I don't know if you heard of him, but a guy named Tyson Fury. Have you guys heard of him, Tyson Fury? He's the lineal champion. He's the WBC world champion. Great. And who has Francis Ngannou been trying to box? Oh, this guy, Tyson Fury. Oh, ESPN. Oh, top-ranked boxing. Oh, PFL. Oh, UFC. Let's do it, bro. I'm telling you, the dreams are still alive. The Tyson Fury boxing match is not dead. And I believe the John Jones boxing match is not dead and again going back to the chachi's comment about board of directors i thought that's what francis was asking for francis never asked for that he said i never asked him for that he's like i tried to explain to him what pfl offered me and he's saying the chairman of pfl africa they offered that to him he never asked for it he's fighting on the he's on the advisory board 
that's different than being on the board of directors. Chaudhry wordplayed it and he made me think of something that wasn't true. So now, because I had said something in a private conversation, like, I don't think Francis would be good in a board of directors position. He'd be good in fighter relations because he'd be like, well, look, he's got to do this, 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 and this. And he gets to determine the baseline of his opponent's pay. And he's saying that's something the PFL offered me. And I'm inclined to believe Francis. One last thing and we are out of here. I promise. Because you guys heard me rambling a lot. Las Vegas UFC makes its highly anticipated return to Salt Lake City, Utah with a fight of the year candidate that will see number two ranked lightweight contender Dustin Poirier running back with number three Justin Gaethje for the vacant BMF title, the co-main event. We'll see former light heavyweight champion and current number three ranked contender Jan Blakowicz look to spoil the 205-pound debut. Former middleweight title holder Alex Pereira. Dang. I only got one thing to say. Dana. Dana. In the words of the great Nick Diaz, why are you mad, bro? Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Because Francis said on his YouTube video he's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. He kind of is. kind of is. He's doing bad motherfucker moves. Dana's mad. I love Dana, though. Dana, I love you. Don't think I don't love you. I love you. Credential me for your events, though, bro. I mean, <laughs> the only problem with is the BMF bell. Like, you're only doing this because... Because why are you... Why, first of all, why are you doing this? Because it was a Nate and George thing. that It was cool then, but, like, George has lost his last three fights. Like, that title became irrelevant. Like, why are you doing this? Because you're mad and you don't think these two guys can draw on their own? I'm sadly mistaken. I believe Justin... I didn't know this was for the BMF belt till I saw something on Twitter because I heard about this fight earlier. If you would have done this fight on its own, it would have been better. But the fact that you put the BMF belt on the line, people are going to push back against it and are going to know you're just mad because of the Francis thing. Now, the only thing that concerns me with the Alex Pereira fight is that dude just got knocked out in April and you're going to have him fight in July. And then it says right here, Tony Ferguson will battle Bobby Green. That's a good fight. Michael Chiesa will fight Kevin Holland. Great fight. Paulo Costa is going to fight Ekram Alex Kirinov. I don't know who that is. Steven Thompson is going to fight Michael Pere Michel Pereira. And Derek Lewis will fight Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. This is a good card, man. I hope this stays intact. I hope Paulo is actually going to fight and they're not just blowing smoke, you know? But that's a good card. My only concern is the Alex Pereira fight, and I don't know why you're doing it for the BMF belt. But tickets for this will go on sale when? I got this press release today. On Friday, June the 2nd. So plan accordingly. Salt Lake, you're getting some good fights nowadays. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure to follow me. Punch the mouth official. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.